Welcome to the Life Success Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. So we've been, uh, we're starting down this road of interviewing our team members at Life Success Legacy so that you, the listeners, can um, get to know us a little bit, but really um, part of it is for you to hear the diverse ways that we came to know about life's, uh, infinite banking and how we implemented it in our own personal lives. Everybody on our team were clients at one point, and we applied infinite banking in our own lives, and then many of us joined Life, Success, and Legacy um, because of how it impacted our lives. So this podcast is going to be um, talking with Michael Crawford, one of our, our team members here. And uh, Michael is, um, well, these podcasts are because of Michael. He does a lot of the background technology work. He manages our website, um, the podcast, and other things for us. So um, today we're going to get to hear his story. Michael, give us a sense of where you were in life um, when you first learned about the infinite banking concept. Give us age, family, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, I would have been um, 32 years old. Um, I was working in Baldwin City for a software development company, and um, I was... uh, you know, working a lot of hours Mm -hmm. and very stressed. It was a good, fun job. I'm very much grateful for it because I've learned so much about technology and um, implementing proper um, marketing strategies Mm -hmm. and things of that nature that uh, the time that I spent there was more than valuable. Yeah, yeah. But also at that same time, my wife, when I learned about infinite banking, my wife was pregnant with our son, yeah, um, and about seven, six, seven months pregnant. So, so what was your introduction to <clears throat> infinite banking? Well, we, our office, um, as a software development company, we didn't get a lot of walk-ins, as you might think. Um, we uh, we normally dealt with people via email or phone calls, or went to their place of business to to learn a little bit about them and who they were, rather than come to us. And um, one afternoon. Um, this gentleman walked in, had a whole bunch of stuff in his hand and he goes, I think I need to talk to you. And he pointed right at me and I thought, do I know this guy from somewhere? (laughs) Well, turns out it was Mike Everett, the founder of Life, Success and Legacy. And he was in desperate need of a website rebuild. Okay. So that was my first introduction to Mike Everett. Okay. So, um, so you were introduced to Mike Everett and then how did it take place that you were introduced to infinite banking? Well, you see, Mike didn't try to sell me on anything at all. In fact, when he sat down, he gave me an overview of the company that he was trying to really uh, take to the next level. He handed me a packet of information between flyers, brochures, um, you know, handwritten things that were just notes about what he wanted the new website to look like. Mm -hmm. And uh, last but definitely not least was Nelson's book. Um, And he... Being Mike Everett, if you know him at all or have listened to his podcast, he takes a look at the diving board, the high dive, jumps off, and then determines if there's water after he's jumped off. Right. And same thing occurred with this website. He gave me all this information. He asked how much it would cost. We wrote up a contract. He signed a check that day. It was the fastest sale I'd ever made. And then began the process of building the site, which just by... uh, pure like reading and osmosis, I I started absorbing some of the information and considering that my wife was six, seven months pregnant, falling asleep on the couch Mm -hmm. early, I uh, 
I did the first cardinal sin that we teach people not to do, and I read the book after 9 o'clock. So, so we're two for two on our team of people reading Nelson's book after 9 o'clock. Interesting. We tell everybody not to read it after 9 o'clock, and both you and, and Everett have both started reading it late at night. <laughs> well, as it, as it turns out, it was more a matter of, like, I, I started reading the material that, that was on the website and transferring it to the new website, and I, and I kept thinking to myself, this information is very pertinent to where I was in life. Mm. I was adding a new human to the world with my wife and, you know, finances were obviously a concern. Mm -hmm. Always are, right? Most families have that discussion weekly, monthly, quarterly, whenever, right? right? You know, sometimes when they don't want to, they have it. Mm -hmm. And, And in my head, I was just like, is there a better way? Where I was at, we did not have a 401k program. So everything I did was on my own. Right. And so I had to be the researcher. I had to be the investigator. And you had been a business owner as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I used to own an automotive repair shop in Lawrence, Kansas. And, you know, in fact, when the economy took a downturn in 2008, that was the first, one of the first things we had to get rid of was our match on our 401k. Mm. Um, and so I also took a drastic hit like everybody else in that in that time and I had a very bitter taste in my mouth pertaining mm. to um, these qualified plans. And so you're so, curious about something else. There's got to be know, something else out there. I, I, I had read just enough information to know I didn't want to get involved with the um, uh, Dave Ramsey stuff and, and mm-hmm. his stuff, his teachings were fantastic, but it just didn't seem like it was the lifestyle that I wanted. Right. And... You know, I had read about other, you know, other things that you can do, other types of investments, and not only did they seem too risky, they required me to manage them constantly. Yeah. And, and, and as I was sitting there thinking about raising a new child and the life changes that were already about to take place, the idea of undertaking additional responsibilities to manage money that wasn't guaranteed to grow seemed daunting. Yeah, I bet. And you were how old at that time? About... 32. 32 or so. Yeah. That's pretty high stress. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not unique. I'm not unique in that, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's what that's what has drawn me towards infinite banking more than anything is the idea that it can be and is for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're, you know, a college student or whether you are in your 50s or 60s. There or is, even 70s. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it. It is called the infinite banking concept because of that exact thing. It is infinite in the possibilities of application and infinite in who can actually join it. Yeah. Okay, so you read the book. Yes. And what was the next step and (laughs) and what was your time frame from the time when you started reading the book to the time when you said, you and Mary said, we're starting a policy? Well, I read the book in November, maybe middle of November. And I called Mike that very next morning at like 7.15 because I just knew he'd be awake. Um, And I said, dude, if this is not complete garbage, we've got to sit down and talk. There's got to be something to this if this is not just a scam. Mm -hmm. And he said, all right, let's do it. And we scheduled an appointment. And in fact, no, I take that back. We did not schedule an appointment. He said, Mm -hmm. you know what? We have a boot camp coming up. It's our first time doing these things in Lawrence, Kansas. And we're going to do an introduction to this concept, and I'm going to walk through some book review stuff with everybody, and I'd like you to join. They're free to do. Right. And I said, okay. He said, it'd be really good if your wife could make it. And I said, well, she's pregnant. We'll see how she feels that day. Yeah. Fast forward to now January. It was the middle end of January, and I went to this boot camp. And I took three full pages of notes that day 
Mm-hmm. I went home, and my wife was convinced that they had served a Kool-Aid at the event, <laughs> yeah. and that I had now joined a cult. Right. And um, that being said, she shut me up after about 10 minutes of talking and said, I'm not interested in hearing about this right now. We're trying to have a child. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, that may be that. Um, I couldn't let it die, though. Mm-hmm. I was becoming a little disgruntled in my job just because of the time investment more than anything and the fear that that would continue when my child arrived. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to feel like I missed out on his infancy. And yeah. so the more I contemplated that, I was like, I've got to find a plan and things have got to start coming together. So like, like Mike Everett... This was not only in your brain thinking about you personally, how to, how to manage your money, how to finance things <clears throat> in your life. You were also looking at the potential of it being exactly. a career change. Yeah, and, and for more than any reason, it was the, the word hope. I wrote it down, and I think I still have those notes. I wrote the word hope down at least seven times that mm-hmm. day at that mm-hmm. first boot camp. And that was something that we lacked, was the hope that there was something out there that could work yeah. or the hope that our finances would not be the, the topic of an argument mm-hmm. every now and then, especially now you're bringing a kid around, you've got more expenses and hospital bills and doctor right. bills and this out of the other. So yeah, absolutely. It was sort of a mind shift where I had to make a, I had to make a decision whether or not I wanted to continue down the path I was on or find something that would fulfill me more. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So you came to a boot camp. <clears throat> I did. Yeah. And then what happened after that? Well, like I said, I went home. Wife shut me up after a few minutes. Um, I said, okay, well then if you won't go or listen to that, let's have Mike come over and do a presentation for us. Because he had offered go? to do that. Well, <laughs> it scared the living crap out of her. To be real honest, it was so intense and she was so stressed anyway with, the, with being pregnant, it freaked her out. But she knew that there was something to it if I was really that into it, that I was continually bringing it up. And, and she trusts me, but also she knows that I wouldn't have ever put us in a position of high risk or right, uh, right. you know, completely turning our world upside down if mm-hmm. I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And so Mike said, okay, well, that didn't work out as well. Let's come to this next boot camp. It was March like 5th or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so at eight and a half months, virtually eight months pregnant, a little over eight months pregnant, we come to this boot, well, she comes to this boot camp with me. And there, there was like 10 people there, I think. Yeah, and I remember it so clearly. Because <laughs> I've known Mary for years when yeah. she was in high school. Exactly. And, and I remember just seeing her, she was so pregnant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And... Well, long story short, she she got interested in it because she realized that there was something to it. She felt very comfortable with um, with you, Chris, mm-hmm. and she became more comfortable with Mike as that boot camp went along because she she saw the event and and, and I think for her seeing other people there and hearing some other people's stories right. associated with it, and even hearing yours and Mike's in a different light than mm-hmm. just sitting in our living room, um, really made a, a made a point to her. Um, it was just a very few short days later that our son was born and we decided to go ahead and get this thing started. Yeah. So Milo's born. Um, how did you start with policies? Um, my, uh, Mary and I both did a policy on each other or okay. on ourselves. We right. did a $5,000 annual premium policy on the both of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, we drew up a plan with, uh, you guys and the software that, um, that we had available and, um, Without changing our wind or without changing our cash flow, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, we found out that we could be debt free in uh, about eight years. Okay, so how long ago was that? Uh, three policy years. 
three policy years. Yeah, so okay. a little over two years ago. Okay. So a little over two years ago, can you give us just a real quick update on, you mentioned hope. Yes. How's that hope playing out? It's fantastic. Out? We we actually used part of our policy to, this year, once we paid our premium, to go on a first our first vacation mm-hmm. in a very long time. We actually went to Chicago to see the musical Hamilton and to just goof around a little bit. It was our first time leaving our son behind, which was hard and exciting at the same time. Right. Um, we also, we also um, paid off my student loan, we in fact just got the email yesterday that congratulated us that yeah. our student loan was paid off. And so we are down to um, a couple of car loans and our mortgage as really our only our only debts. And we started with, what was it, roughly $250,000 worth of debt. Wow. So yeah, it's been pretty amazing. And to be frank, we haven't implemented it as efficiently as we should have. Maybe not as efficiently, but aren't you even ahead of schedule, though? Yeah, we're a little bit ahead of schedule. Some of it was because of a uh, small windfall that came our way in the, in the form of a, a bonus for Mary that we were able to kind of reinvest okay. um, in our policies right. last year. And um, and honestly, um, we've just become smarter at our money. Mm-hmm. Like, to be real honest, that's it's not so much that we're making more money or, or being given gobs of cash by other, you know, other sources, but we are, we have learned how to be very smart with our, uh, the use of our money mm-hmm. and not change the things that we want to do. Um, but alter the things that we don't need to do. Yeah. And so that's, it's just been really good because now we have that open conversation instead of arguing about the money, mm-hmm. we are actually talking openly about, okay, well, what if we take this money and do this with it? And having you guys as coaches has been, unbelievable because it's taken the stress off of our relationship where you guys can be the mediators. Right. And I, it sounds odd to say it that way, but honestly it is refreshing. Yeah. So. Well, we all know finances is one of the, the top stressors in a marriage. Yeah. Um, it's one of the top stressors for us as Americans mm-hmm. and that impacts our health and our relationships yeah. and everything. So with IBC so many times it relieves that stress. Yeah. One thing that I, I didn't ask you about, and I'm curious if you you touch on it, is how did you capitalize your your plan, your policies? Yeah, so we didn't have any money. We were saving <laughs> every penny we had just for um, our child's birth because you know we knew that that was not going to be free. Um, and so when I had left some other jobs and moved uh, past owning my own business, et cetera. I had a few um, like IRAs and Mary had some old Roths from another company that she had worked for. Mm-hmm. And all told, we were able to cash those out, pay the penalties and taxes up front right. and um, capitalized our system, saved a little bit behind because we knew that first year would be rough with mm-hmm. the new child and not, and some of the unknown expenses and we've been able to, by the honestly, by the grace of God, pay all of our premiums with fresh money. And mm-hmm. so it's been a very fun and exciting, um, you know, adventure. Yeah. Learning how to take better advantage of our current assets. It's a great story. What I love. I wish we had a camera right now that people could be <laughs> seeing because sitting here between us. Yep is a brand new policy that you just received. I did. Tell, tell the audience real quick as we wrap up. Yep. What is this policy? Well, this is, um, this is a policy for our son, Milo. Yeah. And um, it's pretty exciting to, <laughs> sorry, to <clears throat> get him started on something that will forever change his life. He'll never, 
changes lives. We think about Nelson's number one principle, think long term. Mm-hmm. And for us as guys, so often we, we, uh, we think about our families, yeah. our kids, those kinds of things. Yeah. And um, that's exactly what you're doing. You got a policy on your son. Well, and what I was going to say is he'll never have to borrow money from an institution. Yeah. He'll never know the fear mm-hmm. of not being able to make a payment or, you know, and it's not for the fact that I'm a wealthy person, but by taking advantage of something that has been in place for 250 plus years and utilizing it for our benefit will forever change his and our lives. Yeah. So thanks for sharing yeah. your, uh, your story. Thanks for sharing your star- your, uh, your heart. Um, Michael Crawford, you are a blessing to this organization and just as a friend. So thanks, Chris. Appreciate to our, that. To our listeners, um, thanks again for joining us on these podcasts. You are uh, getting a sense of who we are. We are a, uh, a heart-driven organization. We love helping people. Um, please check out our website at lifesuccesslegacy.com, which Mike Crawford, that you got to hear today, <laughs> he is the man who makes that thing happen. And uh, if you have not read Nelson Nash's book, get a copy of it and read it. Again, don't read it after 9 o'clock like all of us did. (laughs) Thanks again for joining us.